Welcome back to the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Michael Fleischman, joined alongside me, my co-host and good friend, Nicholas Bear. Nick, how are we doing? I'm doing okay. Um, you know, the trade deadline was exciting, so I'm excited to get into that. But there was also some really sad news that came last night that really overshadowed the trade deadline. So it's been a bunch of mixed feelings since yesterday. How are you? Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty much the same thing. Obviously, if you guys don't know, um, and we're gonna, we're kind of gonna start into it. Um, no music, no nothing. Um, just kind of go into it a little somber, start the episode, uh, a little bit of a sad note, but you know, sometimes you have to face reality and face the facts. Um, if you guys don't know, Vince Scully, legendary Dodgers broadcaster, legendary broadcaster passed away last night. He was 94 years old. Um, and uh, for a lot of people, for, for Nick, for me living in L.A. when the Yankees weren't on, um, this guy was the voice of a lot of people's childhood, a lot of the, of the background in a lot of people's household. He spent, I think it was 67 years, yeah, from 1950 to 2016 as the Dodger broadcaster. And he, he was the guy. And, um, you know, as, as aspiring broadcasters and journalists and, and people who want to be in sports media, this obviously hit me and Nick really hard. And uh, he can talk about that a little bit more than I can. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was, as a Dodger fan, I was very fortunate to have listened to Vince Scully for at least five years, the last five years of his career. Unfortunately, I don't have as many moments as other people do. But, um, you know, Vince Scully, he just... He, he had a way that no other broadcaster really can of you could close your eyes and listen to the game, even if it's on TV, and you could picture everything because he, the, way, the way he sets up the scene is unlike any other broadcaster ever. Um, he never, ever lost his cool on air. Like if there was a fight or if there were a bunch of errors happening in the game or it was just a Oh, game, boy, a ground ball, and here we go again. <laughs> uh I mean, I was actually watching video last night about five minutes of you remember the Zach Granke Carlos Quentin fight? Yep. With the Padres? Yeah. Vince Scully remained calm the whole time and he called it as if he was doing play by play. I mean, he was doing play by play of the fight. Right. Um and so he just he, he seemed to really have a way with people that no other broadcasters ever match, and I don't think anyone ever will. That's I mean a lot of other broadcasters are great, but there's none other that like Vince Scully. Um, so it was, it definitely was shocking last night. It, it shocked me quite a bit, but it was also expected. I mean, we knew this day was coming. Uh, he's 94. He retired at 88. Most people don't work till 88. Um, you said 67 years in the booth. Most, a lot of people are at the end of their life at 67. Yeah. Um, so legendary career. Um, Sad, but also uh, I would say bittersweet because it also gives you an opportunity to look back on, on Vince Scully's life and career and achievements. I mean, you're definitely right. He called, I mean, dude, you go, you go through the list. <laughs> the achievements, they're fucking unbelievable. I mean, he worked at CBS Sports for eight years from 75 to 82, called World Series for CBS Radio, 79 to 82, and then again from 1990 to 1997. Um, he was the NBC sports lead by play lead play by play announcer from 83 to 89. And also at NBC called four all-star games, 83, 85, 87, 89, three world series, 84, 86, 88, 
and four NLCSs in 83, 85, 87, and 89 called the catch, which was the Joe Montana to Dwight Clark in the 1991 NFC championship game called the masters for seven years, called the Bill Buckner era, called the Kirk Gibson Homer in the 88 world series, Hank Aaron's 715th home run to break Babe Ruth's record. Um, his final broadcast, I believe, yeah, was at Dodger Stadium, uh, September 25th, 2016. Final broadcast was it? That was his like final home broadcast. And then the last one overall was, of course, against the Giants, the team he grew up rooting for at Oracle Park on October 2nd, 2016. Uh, he's called 13% of all perfect games. Um, That's almost, insane. almost 6% of all no hitters in baseball history, 25 World Series, and 12 All Star games. Um. Yeah, inducted into the MLB <laughs> Hall of Fame in '82, Hollywood Walk of Fame in '82, California Sports Hall of Fame in '08, NAB Broadcasting Hall of Fame in '09, Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2016, Fordham University, uh, his alma mater, named the Lifetime Achievement Award after them. I, I mean, the dude did I don't it all. think there was anything more he could have accomplished there was absolutely unless he solved world hunger that was about it world hunger and just about every other problem we still have left but um no i the dodgers aren't the dodgers without vince scully baseball isn't baseball without vince scully um and i think just more outside of baseball vince scully was the voice of sports i Um, i would agree it was it was Vin Scully and Joe Buck for a long time. Because there was, there's nobody else that calls all the sports like that, like Vin Scully. We mentioned golf. We mentioned football. I'm sure he's called some basketball games. He, obviously, we've mentioned he's best known for calling baseball games. Um, nobody did that like him. He was all over the place all the time. Um, and, you know, it's it's not like he was – from what I've heard, he was any different off camera. What we got, yeah. Vince Scully that, on that, camera. I think that, I think that's I camera. think that's one of the things that I think that's one of the things that make him so like is the numbers, the numerous stories, all the great things that everyone says about him. He was just the sweetest, most genuine, caring guy, and he will definitely be missed in the sports world. Yeah, I mean, one one of the the things you mentioned, one of the calls he made was the. Hank Aaron's 715th home run to break the all-time record that was once held by Babe Ruth. No one else would have done it like Vin. How, yes, it was a huge baseball moment, but Vin Scully managed to also connect it to how important it was for our country that a black, a black man, man in the Deep South got a standing ovation in the, in the city of Atlanta, Georgia. Vin Scully was the only one who could have connected it like that. There's no way anybody else could. And I actually just found out this story about him earlier today. When that home run happened, Vince Scully, right after the home run landed, he took his mic off for about four, three, four minutes and walked away from the booth, grabbed a cup of water, and then he went back to the mic to say what he said about Black Man from the South. And... Um, you know, he just wanted the crowd to tell the story. He did that with Sandy Koufax, his perfect game, sat back for a minute. We just listened to the crowd. Um, he knew when it was time to just let the crowd tell, tell the story or just, just give the moment to the players because he didn't want to take that moment away from them. Well, a legend for sure. Uh, rest in peace to one of the greats. Um, 
Okay, so sorry to start the episode on that sour of a note. We're going to uh, try to make it a little bit more energetic, a little bit more happy. So trade deadline. Um, yeah, so so it happened. It was pushed back, right? Pushed back because of, of the lockout. No? Give it, yeah, because la- last year it was – well, yes and no. I mean, last two year days, it, was right? like it was like July 31st. 31st. Yeah, but, it was two days. But – in the new CBA deal, Commissioner Manfred was allowed to pick this as one of the days. It was like okay. a six-day well, range. He could pick the whatever. Um, Later than usual. Counting it is pushed back. Lots of stuff. Lots of guys move. Got a lot to unpack. We're going to start. And this is Nick who made the document. So I don't want to hear anyone telling me that, oh, we're only talking about the Yankees. But we're going to start with the Yankees. Um, the Yankees, the, the first move was was a cashman move saying fuck you let's go now um after they got after they dropped that second game against the Mets literally not even 10 minutes later the Yankees went out and got Benintendi Cashman was like I can't fucking do this anymore all right let's go get him and um I I, I think he got the vaccine um or he either will, he has or he will or he will um because we know he was unvaccinated but he said he'd be willing to get it should he be traded to a better team Obviously, the Yankees with best record in AL, much better team than the Royals are. And um, let's see, they gave up. Royals received Chandler Chapman, uh, TJ Sakema, who's their ninth, who's their nineteenth overall prospect, and right-handed pitcher Beck Way, who's their twenty-first overall prospect. The, the rankings are the uh, so number nineteen. Oh, oh, Yankees, oh! In the Yankee system, guys. in the Yankee system. Yeah, at yeah, the time yeah. of the trade. Um, I'm giving an absolute bean. I don't know who any of those fools are. Like. No clue who any of those people are. So great. Fuck it. Like they were probably we were we were probably gonna see them maybe once or twice in the big leagues in four five years from now. Like I don't really care. Great move by Cashman. Cashman had a phenomenal deadline. Phenomenal. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, but this was a great move to kind of get things started. Obviously, Joey Gallo's replacement. Um, he was traded to uh to the Dodgers for their 15th overall prospect, Clayton Beater, who's a right-handed pitcher. I don't know him, but Matt Blake's going to make him a Cy Young. So, yeah. Well, his name is Clayton, so that helps. Um, But, yeah, we knew Gallo was gone for the Yankees, so they had to find another bat. And we knew they were after another bat. It was was, – they looked at Juan Soto. I mean – It was going to be Hap, Soto, or Benintendi. Well, they also looked at Brian Reynolds. Uh, you look at whatever. <laughs> the Pirates don't want to get rid of him. I, I just can't, dude. I just can't. I don't fucking understand. Like, they got rid of Frazier. He's been shit, but like, whatever. So they still got a good haul for him. Why not get they, rid of Brian Reynolds? Like, why not? They, they, they traded Cole to the Astros before he was a Yankee. Just they get got rid, rid of everyone. Tyon. Get rid of everyone. Yeah, got rid of but Musgrove. They, they got rid of Musgrove, but they Felipe Vasquez got Ronald. rid of himself. <laughs> he did. Uh, they got rid of McCutcheon, their franchise guy. I mean, that was their franchise guy, yeah. and they got rid of him. But they won't get rid of Reynolds. Can't get rid of him. There's some some tie to Mark Reynolds. Uh, Yankees also got this was the big move. Um, Frankie Matos and Luis Trevino from the A's. Uh, and they, they did give up a little bit. They gave up left-handed pitcher Ken Waldachuk, who's their fifth prospect, fifth overall. I really like Waldachuk. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Luis Medina, their 10th. J.P. Sears, their 20th. And second baseman Cooper Bowman, who's their 21st. Um, 
Matina throws really hard. Really, really fucking hard. Um, Sears has already had some big lead time. And Sears and um, Waldachuk, I believe, will report to trip away. Um, but they're, they're, Waldachuk's nasty. I think Waldachuk's, um, his, his MLB player comp is, uh, is Shane McClanahan. And I'm very sad that they got rid of him. But, like, whatever. I mean, I, I think if you think his comp is Shane, I don't know that he's worth a Montas per se, but if they had to give him up to get Montas because they needed pitching, then you got to do it. Um, and, and they got Lou Trevino in the deal too, which we didn't expect. Not that he was worth that much, uh, but he was probably – Matt, Matt, Blitz, Matt Blitz, no, watch watch Lou Trevino become the Trevino become like a top ten reliever. I'm so okay. so fucking hyped for this guy. Like you do not understand. Like I'm I'm geek for Montas. Trevino's a stud. He's a, he is a stud. He's had some really um, good years. He has a lot of big league service time, and I think like I think Matt Blake can like utilize him and and make him much better than he has been. I mean, we've seen like flashes of really like. 2021, good year. Uh, 2018, phenomenal year. 69 games at 2.92 ERA. I mean, the, does not give up the home run a lot. 1.0 per nine innings pitch. Walks a little bit too many guys, but that's as expected for a guy with a heavy sinker like he has. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, obviously... They have them forever. Me, they have them till 2025. To me, this is the most aggressive I've seen the Yankees in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cashman for years has gotten a lot of crap for not doing anything, holding on to his prospects. He loves Volpe and Dominguez, would never give them up for like and Bryce Harper, Peraza too. Uh, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't sign Bryce Harper. He wouldn't trade for him. He wouldn't get Freddie Freeman. He wouldn't get any of those guys. Um, but uh, – this is the best I think the Yankees have done in a while at the deadline. Um, Montas slots in, what, is their number three behind Cortez and Cole, or would you say number two behind Cole? Okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Montas. Um, Montas is a free agent in 2024. Fuck yeah, we have him for a while, baby. I mean, Montas was going to get traded. We knew it. I think maybe I in the slightest bit. Off-season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought they were going to have to trade him this offseason. I'm surprised they held on to him as long as they did. Because I, I do think in the slightest bit, his value maybe went down just a tiny bit because of his recent injury. I know as you were telling me earlier off, off the recording, uh, you don't think the Yankees make the trade if they, weren't, if they were concerned with an injury. But I do think his trade value was maybe in the slightest bit. Affected negatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, affected negatively, when, especially – when we get to the next next start, oh my god, just Luis Castillo. See what what DJ LeMahieu is one f- to give up. No, DJ LeMahieu is a one forty two WRC plus. Sorry, continue. Oh, um, so I there is definitely a slight risk in getting Montas, but obviously the Yankees weren't concerned about it, so they got him. Um, it will obviously hurt the farm system a little bit, but as you said, Montas is with you guys through twenty four. And Trevino is with you guys, you said, through 25, right? Yeah. Um, so next, you got, you got both guys long-term. So yeah, whatever. Next move, 
was the head scratcher and was the buzzer beater for the Yanks was they get, they got rid of Jordan Montgomery who had been with them for a while and they picked up Harrison Maynard from the Cardinals and a lot of Yankee fans were like confused. They were like, what the fuck is Cashman doing? Like, bro, you had such a good offseason. Like, what? What are you doing here? Like, come on, man. Like, this is not smart. Like, bro, I don't understand. Cashman knows something, and the Yankees organization knows something about Jordan Montgomery that we don't know yet. That the public Which doesn't is. knows. I couldn't tell me. <laughs> I'm the public. But they have to know something that we don't know because there's no way that they were going to give up Monty. I, I I don't know. I know he had Tommy John a few years ago. Maybe maybe there's something up there. Like, but there's got I'm I'm not willing to be like ah, bash Cashman. Like that was a bad move. Cause Bader does have a lot of upside. Like he's gonna play a phenomenal, he's gonna go get it with the best of them in center field, can play left and can play right. The guy can also swing it. Like he it, he has been injured this year, so I think that plays a lot into the fact that he's a sub seven hundred OPS. But he can swing it. I mean, last year seven seventy plus OPS. Uh, it you know he's he's not a bad player at all. Um, I think he kind of moves around because they don't want Stanton to DH as much, um, or they don't want Stanton to play the outfit as much. So you know if, if Hicks has you know an off day. Maybe it's a lefty on the mound. All those hits as a switch hitter is not great against lefties, much better from the much better, much better against righties. So better from the left side of the plate. Maybe they say, Harrison, here's your start. Go ahead. I can totally see him getting four to five games every seven days. Um, I, I like the move. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of Monty. I think he's a fucking loser. Um, I think he just gives up runs, but good, good move off season deadline. A minus for our, our, our deadline, this trade deadline, A minus grade for Brian Cashman and the Yanks. Yeah, I mean, instead of bashing Cashman, like you said, it was more of a questionable move because it was like, where where are they coming from? It, like you said, we just got it. You guys just got to trust what they're doing. But they went into the deadline needing a starter and they got their starter in Montas. But then they trade away Montgomery, which kind of cancels out the no need for a starter because I have heard, we've heard, they're a little bit concerned about Tyon's innings. innings. Uh, they're a little bit concerned about Cortez's innings. And uh, Sevy is out until um, mid-September. So, like you said, there might be something up that we don't know. But if they went in with a need at starting pitching and they just kind of canceled it out. But Montas is better than Montgomery anyways, don't get me wrong. Um, it is a little bit of a head-scratcher for sure. Oh yeah, no, one thousand percent. And one thing, one thing I also want to add to the Bader addition is not only Stanton, but they do not want Aaron Judge running in center field. No, that 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 is something that's also that was something that I I should have said that I missed. Yeah, they do not want Aaron Judge running around in center field. That is definitely a thing. I mean, Bader won a Gold Glove what last year or the year before, and I think I think the Yankees were below average in center field defense, but everywhere else they're good defense. So that was the only place they needed to improve. Yeah, I mean, hey, g- good on them for going out and getting getting a guy that can that can go get him and can play a really good center field. And when he's right, can really fucking swing the bat. I mean, good job, Yanks. Yeah, good yeah, off I, season I, for the boys. I, I would I would give them an A A minus as well. All right, next. Um, we just talked about the Cardinals. They got they got Monty. That's a good piece for them. Whatever. Uh, they also got Quintana and Chris Stratton from the Pirates for 
right-hander Johan something Oviedo and their th- and third baseman Malcolm Nunez, who's their 10 overall prospect, obviously, with o- uh with O'Neill Cruz and Cabrian Hayes on the left side of the infield. But I guess there's no room for him. So cool. Um yeah. Yeah, I I I've, I don't know, man. I, I feel like the Cardinals with with Goldschmidt having his best season, probably MVP season at this point. Um and having Owen Arenado, this is their window right now because I don't think Goldschmidt has too many years left. Uh, Arenado is on the wrong side of 30 now. He has a bunch of mileage on his legs over at third base. Um, I thought they were going to be more aggressive and go out, go and get someone like Carlos Rodon or Pablo Lopez. I, they needed a starter, and they got a starter in Quintana, but I don't know if this is the starter that I envision them getting. Yeah. I mean, I was not expecting it, but hey, I, I guess it works. I, look, at the end of the day, we and we're going to through the rest of these trades, we can question the front offices all we want, but they all know something we don't know. So, I mean, they're, they're in that position for a reason. Exactly. I mean, hey, if it works, it works. And uh, if not, then, well, they're, they're really not going to do shit anyway. So. Yeah. Um, Mariners, they get Castillo. They give up a fucking haul. Novelli Marte, their shortstop, that was, he's their number one, their number one prospect. Also, Edwin Arroyo, their number three. Uh, Levy Stoudit, their five. And right hander Andrew Moore. They gave up a lot, Nick, for a guy that has been very streaky. Farbeat, he's a very good pitcher. And a lot of people were like, when the news broke, why, and Castillo was heavily linked to the Yankees. They're like, why did Cashman not go out and get him? Well, because if the Mariners are going to give you that much, they can have him. Cashman's not going to give up. Cashman's not going to give up probably Peraza and Volpe or uh, Dominguez, Peraza, and Volpe. Two of those guys were going to have to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's something we didn't mention with the Yankees is they didn't give up any of those guys for in the in the moves that they made. So yeah, but hey, I, I mean, I don't know. the Mariners outbid both the Dodgers and the Yankees. It seemed like the Dodgers and the Yankees were the two runner-ups here in the Castillo uh, sweepstakes. Uh, Luis Castillo was the best starting pitcher available. Um, as you said, he's streaky, but he can be really good. He was an all-star this year. Um, and I think he comes with control, team control through next season. And um, the Mariners, they have, you know, they have they have different goals than the Dodgers and the Yankees. The Dodgers and the Yankees trying to win a World Series. The Mariners are just like, hey, let's go end this playoff drought of ours. They've been out of the playoffs for 20 years now and they need to end it. And it's I want to root for the Mariners now. Like I want to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, hey. Go get I don't think there's a baseball fan out there that doesn't want to see them in the playoffs now. So, um, so good luck to the Mariners. Um, I do think they overpaid, but they were very desperate. They want to end this drought, and um, it showed in the trade. I, uh, I, nah, okay. Good for them. I mean, great. Congrats. Twins get Jorge Lopez and Cash. They give up Cade Povich, uh, Yenner Cano, Juan Nunez, and Juan Rojas. 
there was only one of those one, two, three, four guys that I mentioned um, was uh, ranked in their system, and that was Kate Povich, who was their 22nd overall prospect. Lopez is a stud. He's really good. Um, and Cash, so we like that. They also got Tyler Maley from the Reds. They gave up They gave up some guys. Uh, one, two, three prospects. They're 7th, they're 18th, and they're 23rd. Um, two infielders and a pitcher. And then they got Michael Fulmer. From the Tigers, they gave up Sawyer Gibson Wong. I don't know who the fuck that is. Um, but Nick, you were talking to me off camera. You said that you really liked the Reds offseason. Yeah, no, the, the twins trade that line. Twins, yeah. twins, I, twins, sorry. I I do really like what they did. And you know, the Reds, I actually like what the Reds did too. So I'll talk about both of them here. The the, the twins, they weren't really going to probably contend for a World Series this year, even once they got Carlos Correa. I still didn't see them as that type of caliber of a team, but the twins goal is to win the division. They've been in a tight race with the guardians and the white Sox all season. Uh, even though the, the white Sox were the proverbial favorites in the AL central and for a lot of people in the AL. Um, so adding, when you had Tyler Molly, you had Michael Fulmer and you had Jorge Lopez. I think those are three very quality pitchers, two in the bullpen. Uh, now you have fortified the back end of your bullpen. And you've now got a, I wouldn't say an ace, but you got a solid two, three in Maui. Um, but I think the winner here is obviously Cash. I think Cash is going to have the greatest impact. for the I, I, I would I would agree. Cash definitely but, was the furthest. But, but another, I was going to also talk about the Reds. The Reds, because they're rebuilding, um, I think they got amazing prospects back in return. I think they couldn't have done any better at this deadline for, for what where they're going. Yeah, yeah, I I think I would totally agree with that. Um, Padres, wow, <laughs> what what an off season for the pod or what a deadline for the Padres! My goodness. Uh, first off, they start with whoa, did Nelson Lameca DFA? Yeah, he got DFA today. What the fuck? Okay. Look at his numbers. They're terrible. They're actually like the worst in baseball. They got to be. Control C. All right, go ahead, Nick. Read, read off read off the doc. I'm going to go. Yes. Yeah, so it was the day before the oh, deadline, wow. and the Padres went out and got Josh Tater from the Brewers, uh, closing pitcher. Uh, what they gave up was also their closing pitcher, Taylor Rogers. Uh, they also gave up their no- number seven prospect, left-hand pitcher Robert Gasser, um, outfielder Astroy Ruiz, their number 28 prospect, and Denelson Lamette, who, as Micah just mentioned, was DFA today. But the Padres weren't done. As a matter of fact, they were just getting started. Thursday, Thursday morning, when, yeah, Thursday morning, we all wake up and, ex- excuse me, I got my days mixed up. Wednesday morning, we all wake up, and what do the Padres do? They acquired Juan Soto, all-star outfielder Juan Soto, generational talent Juan Soto. Not only that, they also got Josh Bell in the deal, which nobody expected. What did they give up, though? They gave up probably the biggest prospect call in baseball history. I mean, this is the biggest trade in baseball history. They gave up shortstop C.J. Abrams, left-hand pitcher Mackenzie Gore, outfielder Robert Hassel III, their number one prospect, outfielder James Wood, their number three prospect, right-hand pitcher Harlan Susanna, 
their number 14 prospect, and they gave up Luke Voigt. Then the Padres uh, traded Eric Hosmer. Funny story about Hosmer and Voigt. Hosmer was originally part of the Nationals deal that sent Juan Soto to the Padres, but Hosmer had a no-trade clause. People were actually getting crazy because they thought he was about to screw up the whole trade, uh, but they figured him out, and they got uh, they got to move him to the Red Sox, although they gave up their 11th and 26th prospect and cash to give up Eric Hosmer. I think that's a little much, but they got back left-hander, left-hander uh, Jake Room. Um and then they still weren't done. This was a shocker to me because I didn't even think they had prospects left. They also acquired second baseman, third baseman, Brandon Drury from the Cincinnati Reds for shortstop Victor Acosta, who was ranked their number six prospect after the Soto deal. So the Padres just got Brandon Drury, Josh Hader, Juan Soto, and Josh Bell while getting rid of Eric Hosmer. Um, and they also got rid of their entire farm. Um, the, Padres, the, Padres, the, the Padres are better. Um, and I am not going to sit here and say Monsoto wasn't worth what they gave up. He is. Uh, we all know that the Padres have been trying to catch the Dodgers for a while now. But the Padres are a few injuries away from being completely fucked. They have yeah. no bench anymore. Uh, what is it? Their backup catcher and Will Myers. Or Will Myers is your, their utility guy in the outfield. Um, outside of Josh Hader, they don't even have any good relievers. And uh, let's see. You Darvish is older. He's he's okay. He's not great, though. Blake Snell hasn't been good since he went over there. Uh, Joe Musgrove. Speaking of Joe Musgrove, congratulations to him on his five-year $100 million extension. Hell of a steal by the Padres, though. Um, Joe Musgrove is great. Um, Sean Manet is okay. Um, the Padres don't have depth anymore. And Yes, they got so much better. I think it's neck and neck now between them and the Dodgers. But the Dodgers have the deeper team now. Um, they can sustain injuries for a longer period of time. And let's not forget, despite the Padres acting like a big market team, they're still a small market team. So eventually for them, all of these contracts are going to come due and they're going to be fucked. As a matter of fact, I was talking to you off camera as well and – they do resemble a lot of what the Angels are. Very top-heavy. They have uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., who can't stay healthy anyways, but he's a stud when he's healthy. They have Manny Machado, and they have Juan Soto now, and Judge Bell and Brandon Drury. But um, if any of those guys go down, what the hell happens to them? I don't it, – it's worth the risk. Um, they have three years to win a World Series with Juan Soto. Because Soto has two and a half years left on his deal. But after that, I don't know where they go. Yeah. I, I mean, they're going into win now mode. And a big thing that we were talking about off camera is they, it's, I mean, Proer needed to do this, right? Like they, he needed to, because if he doesn't do it, like, and he loses out to the Dodgers again, how bad does that look for him? Nick's gone. Okay. Well, so we're going to totally edit this out. Editing out, editing out anything. Uh, I pretty much said, how bad does it look for the dog for them? If Preller's, uh, if Preller, if Preller lets them go, like if, if he goes, if the, if the Dodgers, if Friedman gets them. Oh yeah. Freddie. Oh, oh my God. Freddie, Trey, Mookie, Will Smith, 
Juan Soto. Yeah. Um, Preller had to make this move. He couldn't not. Um, became clear that the Cardinals weren't a real contender for him by the end. Because uh, for whatever reason, they don't want to give him Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson's going to be solid. He's not going to be Juan Soto. I can tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> um, check is going to come due for them eventually. But, hey, you know, hats off to the Padres. And as a Dodger fan, I'm disappointed. But as a baseball fan, I get to watch Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., and um, Manny Machado all on the same team. You can't go wrong with that. Um yeah, it, it was uh I might be the biggest trade in sports history. I don't know. I don't I we've never seen someone like Juan Soto on the market. No, no, I, I mean it it is wild. We have not seen something like this. And it's a lot. Like it is a lot and it's happening really quickly. And we are yeah. uh, we're very excited. We are all very and, excited. And I, I also want to add that you know, when the when the trade first came out, I heard a lot of people say Oh, the Padres got a steal because they also got Josh Bell. They they stole uh, from the Nationals. And my thing is, um, you can't even compare it to any other trade. Like, at the end of the day, whether you think it's a steal or not, the Nationals still got the biggest prospect haul in sports history, probably. Yeah. Um, so, it, we just have to wait and see how this turns out for the Nationals to see who really wins this trade. If the Padres don't win a World Series in three, in the next three years, they definitely haven't won this trade. I can tell you that right now. Um, but, you know, hats off to the Padres. They closed the gap on the Dodgers. Um, I do want to know, though, which lineup are you taking now? The Dodgers or the Padres? I'm, t- I'm going to take the Dodgers. I think there's more depth. I think there's more depth. And and, and we were talking off camera again. The, the Padres are a few injuries, like, away from being really bad, you know? And, and the are. Dodgers aren't. So, yeah. Um, it. it Obviously, as a Dodger fan or any fan, I wanted Juan Soto, but I absolutely do trust that Andrew Friedman made the right move for us by not getting Juan Soto. Because um, when you look at what the Padres gave up, for the Dodgers to top that, you're actually probably talking about a possible overpay for Juan Soto at that point. In terms of value, you might be talking about an overpay. Um, but Andrew Friedman is one of the very best out there. And I think one thing that went into Andrew Friedman's uh, consideration trading for Juan Soto is the Dodgers are one of the very few teams in baseball that can afford to sign Soto when he hits free agency in a couple of years. So why give up the prospects if you can possibly sign him in a couple of years? Yeah, no, I, I would, I would hundred percent agree. Um, let's see the Jays get with Merrifield. Um, <laughs> They give up Samad their 19th over or their 16th overall prospect and Max Castillo. That's the last one that we're going to cover. That was like the last like really big one. JD Martinez didn't get traded, did he? No, actually, I I did want to talk about the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, I felt like they could have done better too. Uh, They did need a starter. The starter they got was Mitch White from the Dodgers, who's actually been decent this year for us in about 10 starts, but they could have done much better. Again, Rodon wasn't moved from the Giants, so the Giants, uh, the Blue Jays could have called up the Giants and said, hey, we want Rodon, and sure, go get him. Um, the Red Sox, they were buying and selling at the same time. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing, because Xander Bogarts, to me, is as sure as gone this offseason, and they didn't want to trade him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, 
whatever, man. Like, you guys do you. They're in a terrible spot right now, and I think the worst thing they actually did for their team was trading Mookie Betts. I mean, thank you, but... Thank you from a Dodgers fan? Yes, thank you from the Dodgers perspective, but that was the guy you had to build around, in my opinion. You you could have had a core right now of a 24, 25-year-old Rafael Devers, prime Xander Bogarts, and prime Mookie Betts. They could have had that. It's it's just it's wild. I I whatever man. I it, it happened. Like congrats, yay! Woo! Go Red Sox! Last place. Um, speaking of, they're worse. Yeah, they're worse than the Orioles now. The Orioles who traded Mancini. The Astros got better. They got Vasquez. They got Mancini. We don't have a lot of time left to talk. Um, but yeah, the Astros got better. They did. Um, obviously, the in the AL, it's pretty clear right now. It's between the Astros and the Yankees, barring some kind of one thousand, some kind of choke in the playoffs. One thousand percent. Um, so both teams are chasing each other. So the Astros made moves to chase the Yankees. The Yankees made move to stay at. Or I want. I don't want to say stay ahead of the Astros because the Astros had their number this regular season. Um, they made moves to get ahead of the Astros. Um, th- at least they think. They all, everyone thinks they make moves to get ahead of a team we don't know until they play each other. Um, yeah. Credit to the Orioles, though, because the Orioles are very close to a wild card spot. And they could have easily said, no, we're going to keep Mancini, we're going to keep Lopez. But they stuck to their plan, which is to rebuild. And they got, they, they traded their last two big trade pieces. And now I think this offseason, we're going to see a whole new philosophy with the Orioles they're going to start buying a little more. Um, they could have easily said, no, nah, we want to buy now. They could have easily said, no, nah, we're going to keep Mancini. But, you know, they, they, they maxed <laughs> – they, they, they got the um, – they got value out of Mancini and Lopez, and they're good now. That's going to do it. Time to take your meds. I'm good now. Three, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> Shut up. We literally have a minute. Three, two, one. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Michael Fleischman. And I'm Nicholas Bear. You can find me on Instagram at msf0416 underscore and on Twitter, Micah underscore 0416. And you can find me on Instagram at Nicholas underscore Bear 00 and on Twitter at Nicholas Bear 7. Thank you guys for listening. Peace out.